Hello and welcome to Voice of the Parrot. I'm your host, Shasta Ray, and I am joined in the studio by the giant dog and a giant mug of coffee because it's been very cold out. Oh my gosh. So I have been kind of indulging in a little bit more coffee than I normally do, and I've been enjoying it thoroughly. So we've got that going on to keep my little feet warm tonight. So I was going to discuss another episode of some diet information, but I think we're going to deviate from that. Oh, and it looks like a giant dog is starting to snore and breathe heavy, so there you go. You're going to have the sweet sounds of a giant dog in your eardrums because this is a good microphone. Okay, so anyway... I was going to discuss some dietary stuff and continue to skip down that merry little path, but I think we're going to deviate and we're going to talk about the horrifying horror of hormones. Oh my gosh, hormones and birds. Not fun, not fun. Sometimes funny, but not fun. You want to make sure that you have at least a little bit of knowledge on this topic. If you do not have budgies or cockatiels, then you're going to want to look at specifics of your particular birds. But most of the parrot species are going to follow some similar rules, some similar do's and don'ts, and they'll have some similar triggers most of the time. I think we'll talk about bluffing at another time, but I'll touch on it really quick. I don't know a whole lot about some of the bluffing phases of some of the bigger birds out there. Some of them can be brutal, and when they go through hormones, they just kind of lose their personality, their sweet little baby personality, and they turn into teenagers, and they get defiant and confrontational and territorial, and they don't know what to do with those hormones, so they act out. And the name of the game is not getting bit and not setting them off any more than you absolutely have to. I'm sure it's miserable for them, and they are in a state of frustration that seems to trigger easily. So we want to make it as easy on them as possible, which makes it as easy on us as possible. And actually, this does go hand in hand with that whole diet thing. You want them on a really good diet that is balanced and full of proper nutrition, because that's going to help them with balanced hormones, and it will help them from acting out quite as bad in some cases. Now with the budgies, it's not that big of a deal. They're so little and they really don't have a pronounced teenage phase, I guess. They may get a little bit more independent, they may get a little bit more defiant, and they could get a little bit territorial over a favorite perch or that sort of thing. Just don't challenge them. And if they're getting really territorial over a perch, wait till they're off of that perch and out of their cage and change up their cage a little bit. One of the easiest ways to exercise a little bit of budgie birth control is to do birdie feng shui, basically, is what I call it. And it's not really feng shui, but what you want to do is you want to change around their toys and their perches and where you have their food dishes and water in their cage. Change up the entire everything. Just rearrange it, redecorate in there. Change out toys, swap them out every couple weeks, two to three weeks, and when they have that much of a disturbance in their immediate space, it signals their body that things aren't stable enough to reproduce, and they just don't have those urges as much. You also want to keep them at kind of a 12-12 schedule, meaning you want them 
covered and in the dark for 12 hours a day and out for 12 hours a day. And that will signal them that the days are longer, it's not an appropriate time to reproduce, and here again, their hormones will be a little bit lowered and they'll be a little bit sweeter and not as confrontational or as cranky or as territorial. Oh my gosh. So those are two things you can do. And then one thing that will always trigger them is people think it's really cute or they don't understand. Do not get them a nesting box. Do not get them a birdhouse that is a box with a little round opening. Do not get them a small enclosed area. Do not create a small enclosed area like on a small perch surrounded by toys or anything that's high up. When they have those little enclosed feelings and those enclosed areas, it signals that that's a nest and it's time for hormones to go into reproduction mode and they will start taking advantage of that arrangement properly because that's what you told them to do. Here, here's a nesting box. Make a nest, have babies. I saw something about two years ago in a budgie group where this woman had kind of a traditional little wooden rustic looking birdhouse that she had put in her budgie's cage. And she was all proud of herself because they were just laying eggs left and right and up and down and constantly. But she was being responsible by not letting them hatch out those eggs and she would take them out. And okay, so there's two problems with this. First off, she's giving them a box that's telling them to reproduce and then not letting them take care of the reproduction action. And when the eggs go away, it signals them to keep making eggs. They usually stop when they get about five and eight eggs. I think six can be typical. Um, sometimes it's less. But you can get little tiny fake eggs that are plastic and put those in there to psych them out. But what's best is just don't put that nesting box in there to begin with. And this lady was so proud of herself for taking all the eggs out and not letting them continue to make babies, but she was left that nest box in there because she thought she had to. Now, I don't know where she ever saw this because it's not the norm and you will never hear a pet store tell you, even pet store employees aren't going to tell you to do this. You don't put houses in there for them. Let them sleep on perches where it's kind of open. And... Another way to avoid having babies is just don't have males and females together. You do not, and I repeat, you do not have to have male-female pairs of birds for them to be happy and well-adjusted. It's in their best interest to have a friend, but if you don't want babies to result, I really suggest get two males. Or, if you have to end up with a male and female because you thought you were getting two of one kind and you got one of each, get two separate cages. And then I would keep their those cages across the room from each other so that they don't bond, you know, in the wrong way in their space. There's all different ways to plan and prevent tons and tons of babies. And I always call the budgies the flying mouse because, oh my gosh, they are small and they breed like mice. They are flying mice, right? They just pump out tons of babies and they can keep having them. The problem is, back to the lady with the house that was making her birds, and then, yeah, what she was also inadvertently doing is depleting her female's body of calcium because that much egg production, they are drawing that calcium to make the shells out of their bones. 
And if you are not feeding them properly to replenish that, or they are exhausting their bodies, they will burn out very, very quickly. And you are going to shorten their lifespan significantly, where otherwise you could be enjoying a happy little bird for many years, you know? So be responsible about this. And let me tell you what, the genetics out there, when you get a pet shop budgie, don't kid yourself. A lot of times they are raised in major colonies and you don't know if the supplier to that pet store is getting new blood in, new DNA in, if they're keeping, you know, offspring in with parents and inadvertently getting inbred merchandise to sell. You don't know. But I did talk to a vet assistant at the Avian Vet Clinic in Denver when I took Zoltan in. And that's where I got this information. She said that really these colonies typically are not as responsible as you would like to think. And the pet store budgies, especially if they're getting them from a smaller breeder or something, you just don't know what the genetics are going to be. And things are so watered down now and not done right over the course of time that the quality of bird is shorter lived and is just not as healthy. So I guess what I'm trying to say is we need more responsible breeders of these birds out there for really healthy stock. We need people to do this that know how to put birds together and get offspring in the right way and at the right rate and let those birds rest also. I have heard of male birds actually burning out and dying because they were so busy feeding the female and then helping feed those chicks and the male does actually a lot of work with the babies and the female. So you can burn your males out also. They may be a good dad, but you can like exhaust them to death. And really, I think the goal here is to have a pet bird that you enjoy, that is healthy and happy and lives in a good balance with you. You know, we don't need to be breeding birds, especially if you're just somebody that went and picked up a bird and you really don't know what you're doing. Let's leave this to the experts and so many of these budgies end up in the shelters and the rescues. We just don't need to overpopulate any more than they already are. You can always go get another one at the pet store, okay? So just be responsible about this and then keep them comfortable. Like I said, 12 hours of a cage covered, put them to bed at night, let them get their beauty rest. That will help keep hormones low. It will help discourage breeding, change around all the toys, the perches, where you keep things in their cage, their food dishes, as much as possible, at least every three weeks. And then here again, just don't have small little enclosures and tiny little spaces. Another thing that's actually a danger there's those, I forget what they're called, happy huts. They're kind of a triangular shape, little cubby thing that your bird can go in and they're made out of fabric. First off, never give them fabric because those little microfibers, they chew on it, they consume those, and then they impact their digestive tracts. It accumulates over time. They're not able to pass those. And over time, they'll get a big wad of that in there and it'll starve them off. Um, I don't think it lets things pass through them. So don't get those. Those will trigger hormones and they're dangerous for them. And then just be smart and do your, your research. Now on cockatiels, uh, they get similar. 
Murray has started going through his bluffing stage. And with cockatiels, it's not so bad. It's not so bad. He fakes it a lot. He's very well bonded with me. And he puts on a lot of drama without any muscle in the beak. Okay. But he is going through attitude. Oh my gosh. This little bird has attitude sometimes. And then he loves me. And then he wants to be near me. And then he's mad because he's near me. And then he just doesn't know what he wants. Oof. So yesterday, this has been kind of coming on in recent weeks. And I've been, I've been keeping an eye on him. And yesterday was a first. I got him out of his cage, brought him downstairs, and he just had attitude. He was just flying around the house, just weird, like he he was angry or something. I don't know how to explain. It was aggressive flying. And he went straight right back up to the second floor, which he's never done. He's never flown upstairs. And I went up there, and he's sitting on his cage defiantly. He just looked weird. And I went to get him off his cage. I was like, what are you doing, silly? And I go to pick him up, and he is just trying to chase me away from his cage. So I kind of swoop up under him and got him to step up real quick before he knew what was going on. And brought him downstairs, and within a couple minutes, he flew right back upstairs, and he was on his cage again. And just acting weird and territorial over his cage. So I finally got him to come downstairs, and then he was just irritated with me on and off all day and nothing I could do was making this little bird happy by any stretch of the imagination. So fast forward to this morning and I go to wake him up and get him going for the day and I usually leave the birds in their cages for a little while in the morning. That way it makes them eat pellets and they eat food that I know is totally balanced and then they get more throughout the day with greens and more pellets and then they get more in the way of some seeds in that portion of their diet later at night. Anyhow, he was sitting on a perch and he did not react to me this morning like he normally does in the morning and his posture was just a little bit weird and I thought, okay, well, I'm not going to reach my hand there. I'm not going to do anything. So I was just sitting there talking to him and I don't know if birds give their owners a dirty look, but I mean, he gave me a dirty look and then he just turned his back on me which was another weird thing he's never really done that then he climbs back inside to his cage and goes over to this shred toy that he'd been playing with i cleaned his cage and this last time i swapped out toys and he's been kind of enthusiastic about this one shred toy so he kind of crawls over to that shred toy perches himself on top of it and just gives me a look and then he starts pleasuring himself on the shred toy. <sighs> Alright, that's enough. That's enough. We get the picture. After that, this particular shred toy had a little wooden round bead on the top of it. And he just started fawning over that little bead. And trying to move it around with his beak and he was acting like it was a little egg and that's what they'll do they'll trigger on something that's shaped like an egg and that little bead was about the same size as a probably a cockatiel egg would be and he wouldn't let me near him and then he started going after it with the toy again and I was just okay that's it. you're done you're done and this particular toy is structured with like a piece of, of rigid wire down through the center of it to hold all the parts together. 
So I was able to grab it by the bottom and just, you know, tilt it up. He jumped off onto a perch and I was able to unhook it from the side of the cage and get it away from him before he really knew what happened. But oh my gosh, he was going nutty over that toy. Holy cow. And then he was just still giving me the side eye really weird with a really weird posture. So I just told him to have his breakfast and I closed the cage and uh, let him have some time with the television. And when I came back up, he was eating and he was in a much better mood and he was back to his old self. But when I brought him down for the day, he's been triggering on my work desk. And I have a big open area that has kind of a cubby to it where you can put things in your speakers or whatever you got. And he likes to play with toys and stuff that I have in there. Well, that's just become just closed in enough. Oh my gosh, that became a nest also just today. So he wouldn't let me work and he was attacking my hands and he wouldn't let me near my keyboard. He wouldn't let me do anything. So what I did is I actually walked away and he's still attached to me enough that he has to be with me. So he follows me away and I went into the next room and he ended up jumping up onto the play stand and kind of being defiant that way. So I left the room and closed the door, got him away from my desk and I got a big piece of cardboard and I completely barricaded that cubby so he doesn't have any access to it anymore. No enclosed areas, nothing. And that was like a little light switch. His head went back to good old sweet baby bird again. But he is having mood swings. And if I try to get him to maybe sit on a perch or go in another room or come with me in another room and he doesn't want to, oh my gosh, he throws a fit and then he'll dive bomb me when he starts flying. He hasn't really done anything to me, but you can just tell they are not the same and there is an attitude there. So I'm trying to do everything I can to make sure his diet is good, that I'm going to change up his environment regularly from here forward and make sure that I stick on a sleep schedule with that little guy. Because one thing I have done and I'm guilty of in the past week is I've been letting him stay up really late. I've been staying busy and then I look up and time has passed and I'm really bad about that. And he's been up past his bedtime and he's getting cranky and it's like, okay. So I've thrown his schedule off, which has inadvertently made his days longer, which signals hormones differently. So there you go. But I saw a video recently on a male cockatiel and somebody had a little cardboard box somewhere under a little piece of furniture. And this little cockatiel was just going incredibly ape. He was nuts. He was attacking feet. If anyone got within several feet of that box, he was attacking them, trying to bite. And of course, all the comments on this YouTube video is how cute they are and how adorable it is. But you don't understand the stress you're actually putting on them. Plus, you're encouraging really bad behavior. You don't want to encourage. You just don't want to reinforce that. So even though these little birds can be really small, and very cute, and their antics can be outrageously funny when they do this stuff. The fact of the matter is, it's really not that funny. It just is to us because it, it looks kind of cute in the moment, or it's comical. But they're kind of going through some major hormone fluctuations, and their bodies are going through changes, 
and um, let's just try to make it easy on them and not give them a reason to get amped up any more than they already have to. And then just watch their body language. If you've got a really good breeder you're working with that doesn't mind answering questions, make sure that you ask questions on body language and ways to navigate the hormones and the puberty phase of their life when things are going to be super amped up. When you get into the Indian ringnecks and some of these other birds, when they go through bluffing, they can bite and they will bite hard and draw blood. And the bigger the beak and the stronger the beak, oh my gosh, you just don't want to do that. It's not fun. And as humans, what we tend to do is take it personal, right? So we'll get mad, we'll get angry, we'll cop an attitude, and then we hang on to that. The bird may be over it, and doesn't know why you're acting weird and why you're projecting weird vibes and reacting to it when the incident was 10 minutes ago, it's forgotten already. What is a better thing is just understand the situation, be adequately prepared, have a game plan, and then be aware of their body language and do everything in your power to avoid anything that's gonna get you bitten or provoking them into biting. That can be a little bit of a learning curve. I understand that, and I'm sure it's a little bit easier said than done. On the front of the little tiny birds, like the parrotlets, and as I understand lovebirds, I think the females can get very, very, very territorial in some cases. I've heard that female Indian ringnecks can get incredibly territorial, and what's better is get your bird out of its cage in another room and then do your cage cleaning and anything to do with their territory or they can't see you doing it because that can amp them up also. You just don't want to. Don't tempt fate, right? The shortest distance between two points is a straight line. So find that short distance to happiness and work with that. Sometimes we get full of ego and we go, no, I'm doing it this way and you have to deal with it because you're the bird and I said so but you're never gonna win against the logic in their heads because they don't think like us. So it's much easier to go with their logic and what you know to be true about them. And if you know something sets them off or triggers them, find a better way to keep the peace. And um, here again, try changing up those cages, the toys, removing anything that could be triggering them and learn all you can, learn all you can. It's your best weapon against hormones. All right, that's all I got for you this week, everyone. We will be back next week with something interesting and something exciting. I'm sure it'll be a good time. Have a good one and go play with your birds. Bye-bye.